Ben Drowalski, what's going on? John, I got good news and I got bad news. <laughs> All right, give me the bad news first. The bad news is that it's the coldest week of the year in Denver, or at least of the season, I would say. And the heater in my house just broke. That's the, that is bad news. What's the good news? The good news is that I officially was successful on my hunt last week. Oh, wow. See, I thought you were going to say uh, the good news was it's so cold at your house. I don't have to see your nipples because you're going to keep your jacket on yeah. and uh, and a shirt for once. That's what good. What do you think the bad news was? Oh, I had no idea. That's probably <laughs> also, and you also would consider that bad news knowing you. Yeah. But, uh, so you had a successful hunt. Good for you. Congratulations. You, you're off the, off the depressed list now. So good. And I got to do it with my brother there. Um, it was pretty awesome. It was pretty epic. I, a shout out to my mom actually, because my mom went to some like local charity fundraiser function and like happened to mention that I was getting really into hunting to one of my old high school teachers. It's like, cause I never hunted my entire life. I never remembered who was a hunter. Well, my favorite teacher of all my years of school is like an avid hunter and hunting guide. So he, I get on the phone with him. He talks for like an hour and a half straight without letting me say a single word, but like hooks me up with all these different spots and land and people and friends of friends and former students. And um, so we really, really lucked out there. So shout out to my mom for making that connection. And, and we were able to, to have a successful hunt last week. Was Lots it, of meat uh, coming home. But buck or doe? Buck. My buck. first antlered a- animal, yeah. Nice. How many points? It was a seven-pointer. Wow, look at you. Yeah, actually almost eight, depending on, it was like seven and a half, but Mm. yeah. Just like a guy. Yeah. Just like a guy. Justine, (laughs) welcome to the show as I'm making crude humor. How are you? Thank you. I'm uh, doing well. I have nothing to add to the hunting conversation (laughs) except that I saw your posts and um, feel like the whole world can breathe a little easier now that you're out of your deep depression of no, no success (laughs) on your hunting journeys. Yeah, so now it's a new kind of depression, though. It's, oh, my gosh, how many months until hunting season again? You know what I mean? It's like a, it's called post-hunting season success depression. Um, it's, you know, it is what it is. But, Justine, when, I'm not going to say if, but when <laughs> you and Adam come visit in Denver, and also, John, this extends to you, even though I know you're never leaving Cleveland because Cleveland's so cool. Uh, but if you come, we will, we can feast and I'll put it on the smoker and it'll be delicious. Perfect. Awesome. I will hold you to that. That sounds great. Well, for everyone watching and uh, and who will eventually be listening uh, when we drop this on the feed, uh, Justine is our rest and recovery expert. Uh, she also owns Third Z, which you guys have heard us talk about a ton and that uh, Ben and I both personally take. And Justine, the last, since the last time you were on, you got married. Right? We did. Yeah. Last uh, New Year's Eve, we got married. Wow. It's been a while then. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Coming up on a year. It's been over a year since uh, I guess we did this last, which is crazy to think about. Wow. That is crazy. Where'd you guys go on your honeymoon? We went to Italy. Oh, wow. Look at you. World traveler. How was Italy? I hear it's amazing. It was amazing. I had never been. I've done some other traveling in Europe, but Italy... um, surprisingly like actually exceeded my expectations it was hard to get a bad meal or go somewhere that wasn't beautiful in italy it was great you know when ben went to europe he tried to kill himself in a hot tub it was uh oh my gosh i forgot about that you impressed oh my gosh it's a great um, story yeah oh man that's a great story so um i was on vacation with my soon-to-be ex-wife, it was act- we called it our divorce moon. Um, it was it was a great trip to Greece, and I, we were at this incredible hotel in Santorini, like very very nice, fancy, obviously. Um, and we're staying there, and I want I like really wanted to read a book in the hot tub, so I. And Shelby had already hopped in the hot tub before and come out. And I was like, you know what? I, I'm going to read alone in the hot tub. So I hop in the hot tub and I was like, man, it smells good. They put a bunch of like essential oils in here. Like I can see all the oils on top of the water and I'm just kind of sitting in there. And it's like, man, this stuff is slimy. 
And then my skin started burning. And then I was just like, you know what? Now that I think about it, this smells like gasoline. <laughs> and that's exactly what it was, is that it was gasoline had, they had a gas tank above, up above the, the hot tub. And I guess they were doing maintenance, accidentally poked a hole in the gas tank. Gas tank pours into my hot tub only. And so I took a, a hot tub gasoline bath. Um, and then they upgraded us to the presidential suite uh, for like a couple nights. So Shelby was super excited and I had burning skin and had to throw away my favorite bathing suit. So that's the story. <laughs> so which reward ratio do you feel like it paid off? It paid off for some people. Uh, for for me, I wasn't necessary. I would have like rather, I don't know, had like food or something, but you know, it was cool. We got some cool pics out of it. Some really nice, you know, made it look like we were uh, rich enough to afford the presidential suite, which, which had its own gym in it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah. It was amazing. nuts. You know, ben, I love it when you take trips, Ben, because I feel like something like this always, something always happens to something. Always good. happens. We always get a good story out of Ben's trips, one way or another. I try to create create some good stories. So. I know it, it's terrific. Well, congratulations to you, Justine, and I'm glad you didn't have to take a gasoline hot tub while you were there. So, yeah, no, no hot tubs for me. Um, how, how was the food? I hear the food's like unreal. It uh, it is, and I'm a I'm a super big foodie. Like when I'm, I love cooking. That's like all I want to do really is flavors. And uh, so I had pretty high expectations and it was really, really good. We did a cooking class as well. So I've tried to recreate some of the magic since I've gotten home and uh, it's tough. It's tough to come close to how good it is. What was, what was your favorite meal and what region or city was it in? Because I too went to Italy for my honeymoon back in the day. So I had this dish that was like a very simple fish dish. It was the red shrimp that comes out of the Mediterranean. And it was like a carpaccio with pink peppercorns. And it was unbelievable. And I know that sounds really strange. Like you're probably expecting me to say some sort of pasta. And we had some really phenomenal pasta. But I just was blown away with how good the quality of the ingredients were like there was nothing excess in it, it was just like shrimp oil salt and yep. peppercorns and I was like I didn't even know shrimp could taste like this I was like is this real is this some kind of different fish that, or, that I've never heard before like it was just it blew me away it was so good and we had wow. that in uh Florence actually okay cool sweet yeah beautiful Italy's the best the gelato yeah. I, I have some food questions. So for, uh, you know, we're, Ben and I are kind of continuing um, this, well, I'm going to call it a series. I don't know what we're going to end up calling it, Ben, but. Um, oh, it's a series. This is a very a professional we're, we're prepping for the Open, series. right? So we're like 95 days out from the Open at this point. And uh, so we brought you on to talk about rest and recovery, because obviously that's a very important component to training and getting ready. But I am curious now that we're talking about food, like how much do you take into account food? as part of it in, in regards to rest, meaning like I always feel like there's a certain amount of time I have to have between eating dinner and going to bed in order to get good sleep. And, and, and sometimes even the quality of food that I'm eating prior to, regardless of how far out I'm going to bed, how much do you take into account, Justine? Uh, quite a bit, actually. That's a really good point. There's a, I mean, there's a big body of research around kind of food and nutrients and then sleep. And there's some interesting stuff to suggest that people who don't have the best blood sugar regulation actually do well with a little bit of food right before bed. Like if you have some um, complex carbohydrates and some protein right before bed, that'll actually help some people sleep better through the night. Um, people with poor, more poor blood sugar regulation and also when you're really stressed out. So if you're kind of getting that like 3 a.m. like bing, like awake kind of thing, having a little bit of protein and carbs before bed can actually help improve your sleep quality. But the key there is a little bit. It's not a whole meal. And I'm, I've gotten, especially in the last few months, kind of bad for working until 7.30, 8 o'clock, and then being like, oh, I got to make dinner. And if I eat a whole, like, and I, I, I don't hold back. 
<laughs> like I like right. I like a good size meal. Uh, ben knows this about me. I'm an eater, and um, if put I down have, some pizza, that's for sure. Yeah, right. if I have a normal size meal beef for me um, within about an hour of bedtime, I don't sleep as well. And it's crazy on my sleep tracker, like my uh, aura, which will show me kind of like your whole night of data. You can actually see your heart rate's like up, 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 up until almost like 2 a.m. for me. And then it'll go down. So I don't really get into that restful phase until the last few hours of sleep of the night. And I think that's pretty consistent for a lot of people. I'm the same way. And I see like, even with like metabolizing alcohol, kind of similar to where like my HRV will be low and my resting heart rate will be high until it gets metabolized or until I've, you know, until my body's, I guess, process or digested that really late night meal and then it'll like drastically kind of drop into the zone i guess um but yeah i'm yeah. definitely the same way what would you suggest then if you're looking for protein and some carbs like greek yogurt uh cottage cheese like are I'm there scoops of ice cream would be <laughs> the sweet spot asking robbins like whatever yeah. Yeah. Maybe could, uh, ice cream mixed with some protein powder i don't know um <laughs> Honestly, probably somewhere in the range of like 10 to 20 grams of protein. Um, so if you do have like, if you're going to do a protein powder, like a scoop, right? Um, and like literally probably a handful is sufficient of some sort of carbohydrate. So whether it's like cereal, um, ice cream, if that's your jam, although that I don't really think counts as a complex carbohydrate. I think that's going to kind of jack your blood sugar a little more than you want it to. Yeah. Um, something that's going to be a little slower. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> you know, oats, holy bread. So that's got some nutrients attached to it. So it kind of slows down the train a little in terms of your metabolism and how fast you're burning through the sugar. I've been uh during my training cycle, kind of leading into the open, I've been doing Greek yogurt at night before I go to bed. And that seems to work for me. For you know, I don't know, I'm not sure I'm suggesting that for everyone, but it's about 15 grams of protein, about 10 grams of carbs, at least the brand that I'm using. Um, are you still tracking your macros every everything day? oh my god it's like nightmarish i track so much stuff it's like i just live on my phone you um, know you love the math though you know you um, like the math i'm interested by the math i wouldn't say i love it like i lead everything with protein so i'm always interested what combinations get me closer to a better mix of macros than other combinations Does that makes sense like i I have a, you know, I'm trying to get to 178 grams of protein. That's my target every day. And so I'm, I'm only looking at that. I'm kind of taking into account fats and carbs because I also, I have targets for both of those, but I, I have to hit the protein. Mm-hmm. Have to. So I'm always interested in the end, what gets me closest to all three at one time. And then when, when I hit that, like today, I hit it damn near spot on. And then I'll tend to just like replicate that over and over and over. It's really boring. You know, yeah. it's, that's like the, the dirty secret of good macro training. Your meals are often very boring. Yeah. Um, they don't, I know they don't have to be, but you know, I feel like they kind of have to for me just the way my brain's wired. I remember back in the day when everyone was doing zone, like that was, that was like a huge thing, uh, which is just macros in some yeah odd way of doing it. Um, but when everybody was doing zone in the CrossFit community, like I remember like, like who was it? Uh, Rob Forte or no, Rob, what the heck was Rob Orlando? Yeah. Uh, an OG guy. He was like releasing, like, he's like, I eat this every day and it fills these, you know, this zone and Matt yeah. Chan and like all these people were doing all these different zone things. And it was kind of just like the same thing every single day. Yeah, I do that. It's a lot of chicken and rice, a lot of steak and potatoes, um you know a lot of veggies um you know i've got i found some foods that kind of hit the macros that i really like that uh you know you gotta have some stuff in there you like or you're just not gonna stick to it you know so i I have some you know blueberry bagels that i have from time to time some english muffins that i really like like things like that that uh help keep me on track mentally (laughs) something to look forward to i know it's sad when you think like oh you're looking forward to an english muffin that's like the saddest moment of my life but you know, you find things you like and yeah. So I don't I know. That thing you said about it being like the dirty secret is like, I think that's kind of the dirty secret to almost everything in health, in life and in work. And it's, like, it's like doing the like boring stuff over and over again. Like the, the, the stuff that works, you just like 
hit that over and over and over again, right? Like with sleep, the best, best thing you can do for your sleep is go to bed at the same time every night. That is legitimately the best thing you can do for your sleep, but it's so hard to do. Well, I found that with third seat, to be honest. I mean, and this isn't, uh, you know, I know we're going to talk about your product and I'm not plugging it here other than to say, like, I found it to be most effective for me if I take it at the same time every night and I have to take it every night. You know, mm-hmm. I can't like do it every third night and expect to get great sleep. You know, it's just like it, it becomes part of that routine. And it's the best thing I can relate it to. And the, you know, the, the diet's kind of the same way too. There isn't one thing in my diet that I'm tracking or my nutrition plan that I'm tracking that's giving me success. It's like, I could give you a list of 10 things that I focus on that combined are giving me greater success and performance. And I feel the same way around you know, sleep is one, are one is one of those 10 things. And there are several factors that lead into that sleep that have been giving me success, taking third Z at a specific time, winding down at a certain time, making sure my head hits the pillow at exactly the same time every night, getting up the next morning at the same time, not having coffee for 45 minutes after I get out of bed. Like all those things combined have contributed to a much better quality of sleep than what I was getting when I'm like, oh, I'll just take this melatonin and go to bed and I should sleep well. You know, that works one night and you're fine, but you know, the next night it doesn't work, you know? And so for me, it's always been, you know, or has become a a contributing factor of 10 to 15 different things that are getting me better results. You know? Totally. That makes total sense. Uh, And I love hearing that, by the way, (laughs) that you're taking every night and you're finding that it's like working out supposed to. It's, it's been interesting because now we've been selling for almost a year. And so I talk to people all the time now who have used the product and I ask, that's one of the questions I ask them, like, are you using it every day or are you just using it once in a while? Because some people are like, oh, I, I only use it if I've had a really hard workout that day or if I know I um, like really need to be on and like perform really well the next day. And I find that such a, like, I find it interesting to hear the different ways that people think about using different products right and so obviously like there's a lot of people they use it they use it one night and they feel like they can wind down better and they notice that they have better sleep when they use it so then they're like okay i'm gonna save it for the nights when i need to when i need to do the the special good sleep and for me i'm like i want to do the special good sleep every night all the time that's what you want to like you know because then your body just gets so much better at doing those things that you do routinely and integrating those um inputs because your body is an efficiency machine, right? If you're, the more you do something, the more efficient it gets with its inputs and the better it gets at it. Right. You know, it's interesting. I, my, uh, my coach told me once, he's like, Hey, look, you're going to have some bad meals. You're going to have some cheap meals. He's like, don't skip your protein intake. Regard if you have a bad meal at lunch, don't skip your protein at night, still take it. And I, in my mind, I don't know what that flipped in my brain, but I was like, that should apply to almost everything that's part of my routine. So now like over the weekend, for instance, went out drinking with my daughters and, you know, we're not going to advocate drinking for good sleep. <laughs> but I think often people go, oh, I had some drink, so I'm not going to take Thursday tonight or I'm not going to do whatever's part of my routine. I still kept the rest of my routine. Told my girls, go out and go hit the bars without me. Daddy's got to be in bed at 10 o'clock. And I still take my third Z at you know, double digits. That's pretty late for you. I know, but you know, I still took my third Z early. I still wound down, you know, I, and still let my head hit the pillow. Now, you know, the alcohol did disrupt my sleep some, but keeping that routine allows me to come back Monday and be right back in it without any disruption, you know? Here's the question, Justine Mm -hmm. is the, so like, I guess I'm probably answering my own question, uh, but I'll ask it anyway. Caffeine right? A lot of people use that as a supplement or a drug or whatever in the morning and they use it to wake up, right? And it does have an effect, but it does have diminishing effect if you do it every single day. So the best way to maximize its effectiveness on like working out is you do one dose of like 400 milligrams once a week, right? For a specific workout or, or maybe twice a week, but anything more than that and actually caffeine like loses its like viability as an energy source. And, and as we've probably all have experienced, like there's a certain point where it's like, well, this doesn't seem to be working as much as it used to. 
Um, yeah. and, and then myself coming back after a long period of not using caffeine, it was like, oh my God. <laughs> right. In fact, I felt like I could shoot lasers out of my eyes. <laughs> um, is, is anything like thirdsy or are, are there other things like whether it's supplements, um, specifically sleep supplements or routines? Is there anything like that where it's like, Hey, like I understand these people that say, Oh, I just had a huge workout today. This is the day that I'm going to use my, my recovery tool. Is there any sort of dependency like that where it has diminishing returns or is it different? Yeah, there's lots of stuff that has that. So it's, I think there's a kind of like a differentiating factor here where like the thing about caffeine is caffeine actually has receptors in your brain. And when you are drinking caffeine regularly, the sensitivity of those, of those receptors decreases, right? And in some cases, your brain will even actually produce fewer receptors for that thing. Mm -hmm. um, and so anything where you have receptors like that, your body will often build the tolerance to. So alcohol yeah. works that way. Uh, benzodiazepines work that way on along your GABA sites. Um, and it's one of the reasons illegal, why like illegal recreational drugs do that as a, well. A lot yeah. of them do that. Right. And, in uh, Colorado, we know yeah. all they're legal but now, dude. At, mm. Like a lot of the ingredients in thirsty and that this is part of the reason why I made it the way that I did is that it actually has nutrients that don't operate the same way. Right. Like mm. you don't have a specific receptor for magnesium. Your body just needs magnesium and needs a lot of magnesium to actually build other stuff that you then have receptors for. Right. Same thing with like the tryptophan. Your body doesn't have specific receptor sites for tryptophan. It has um, receptor sites for melatonin and serotonin that uses tryptophan to build. Same thing with the collagen. You have their amino acids and you kind of eat those and then your body absorbs them and then it reworks it into new tissue. So because of that, the only two things that are in it that may have kind of diminishing returns are the L-theanine, but L-theanine is also an amino acid. And there isn't actually any evidence in the literature that you do build up like a resistance to the effects of L-theanine um, and then GABA. And so GABA is an interesting one because it is a neurotransmitter and that might be the only ingredient in the uh, PM recovery collagen that you would develop a like lesser response to over time. Gotcha. Cool. Yeah. Interesting. There are so many words in there I didn't understand. So many words. Really? Do you want me to do it? No, no, if you could explain that except no. only use numbers, then yeah. uh, our fellow coast will be able to understand. Put in a spreadsheet. Yeah, no, I, I understood the, the magnesium part hits hardest for me because I feel like that's a, um, you know, my nutritionist has made a point to tell me I need magnesium. You know, I mean, I've had blood tests that have told me that like that's and from a recovery standpoint, you know, sleep is a monster thing that I need. Protein's a monster thing that I need and magnesium is something I need in my life. And that's something I've liked about third C is it's, it's just an easy way for me to get it in without having to take one more pill, you know, yeah. or one more powder. It's like a handful. Yeah. Well, I take so many now as it is. I mean, I swear to God, it's like a pharmacy over here at this age. Um, but, but that's what I like about the uh, third Z is that, you know, it's right there and it's, it's essential, I think, particularly as you age to, to make sure you have that for recovery. Um, yeah. you know, I, now I spent the last month not drinking. I took October off completely. I still not drinking much at all. And I'm not drinking at all in the house, which has helped the recovery. But I'm interested just um, the couple, you know, I've had two nights in the last two weeks where I had like two drinks. And I was amazed after a month of not drinking how much those two drinks really impacted the quality of my sleep. Like you, you said it before, waking up at three o'clock and it's like, whoa, like, you know, you're just awake, you know, yeah. and, and the sleep I was getting was very restless why is that in, in layman's terms? Don't, don't nerd out on me again. All right. I'm going to make it easy. <laughs> so there's a couple of reasons. So when you're asleep, your brain needs to be really active. It needs to be doing certain things, right? Like passing men messages from different regions of your brain around. And there's actually very specific electrical activity that happens in your brain. So there's sleep spindles, and then there's different kind of like brain waves that happen and, you know, the right sequence to, to make sure that your brain and your emotional, um, you know, centers and memory and all these things are like recovering appropriately and storing things how they're supposed to. 
And alcohol is a sedative and alcohol actually shuts down certain parts of your brain. And so specifically it interrupts REM sleep. So like your dreaming sleep. So your brain's not actually able to produce the right types of brain waves that it's supposed to in order to um, store memories, which is interesting because most sleeping pills also do that. And there's some research that shows now that not only do you not form appropriate memories of like whatever the day or occasion was that had occurred prior to that sleep, there's actually deletion errors that happen. So you'll actually lose parts of existing memories sometimes in your brain after you've um, taken a sedative or um, drank alcohol because of how it affects the electrical activity in your brain when you're supposed to be sleeping. And that's why you feel so restless is because your brain's never actually resting. It's never actually like appropriately restoring its function. And so parts of it that are supposed to be like more dormant and kind of turned down aren't doing that in the appropriate way. And then um, you're, and then the alcohol is also interfering with the electrical activities or the brainwaves that are supposed to be happening as well. How long does it take for that to reset? Will it be gone? Like, should you be back to good sleep the following day? Yeah. I actually, that's a really good, I cannot remember what the half-life is of alcohol, although I know it is dose-dependent as well, right? So it's going to take, if you drink a lot, that's going to take longer for your system to clear. And I think there's some genetic variability, too, as to how quickly you can clear alcohol out of your system. So all I heard is I should have drank to pass out, and then I would have been fine. That's what I heard. <laughs> all I heard is I hope that it deletes the memories that I no longer want, right? That's a kind of Russian roulette there. And right. I am genetically gifted to processed alcohol. Like throw it up for my gene lineage. Yeah, they are they are really good at that stuff. I and it also makes sense why they why certain people of my family are always asking, Hey, did I ever tell you that one story? It's like, yes, five thousand times. Right. <laughs> it all makes sense now. <laughs> it was just it was just interesting to me though, after not having alcohol for that long a period. And then to have a small amount, how much it disrupted. Like I, I thought it would take far more than it did. Yeah. And, and it was really, it was like two drinks and they weren't even strong drinks. Like it wasn't I like I was wobbling around the house drunk. Like I was fine. Yeah. I, I wonder if that's simply point. because like your tolerance was like, like it, is it, it's probably a mix of both, but is it your tolerance is just so down that a little goes a long way, similar to like caffeine. Right. Or well, maybe I'm, it, yeah, I'm lower or, body fat too, so that could yeah. have something to do with it. Or is it because like now you're operating at a better level, right? Like you feel the effects more, right? Like someone who is an elite level athlete, someone who treats their body really well all the time. Obviously, I'm talking about you, John. Someone who treats their body well <laughs> yeah. all the time, if you add a little bit of negative stimulus, like it probably feels terrible. And it's kind of it's kind of like, I mean, on the opposite side of the spectrum, when I see people like you know, smoking cigarettes and eating fast food, like together, I'm just like, wow, like they're able to do that every single day. And that I just don't understand how the body even functions anymore, but they're able to like, that's normal for them. Um, so yeah. that'd be interesting to see which version of that it is. I mean, it's gotta be both, right? Yeah. Like the, both your, what you feel like is normal becomes normal. Right. And then also your actual ability to take in these chemicals decreases. Mm -hmm. I did a, um, a whole 30 in, at the beginning of 2020 and my alcohol recovery has never recovered. Really? I joke, I jokingly said to, so in a whole 30, it's like, you know, a very like clean paleo is shy with no, I've done a whole five. No. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I said, to, I said to Adam at one point after I was like, I think the trick is that we just never should have stopped drinking. <laughs> Because, yeah, it sucks. You want to have, like, a cocktail and a glass of wine with dinner and uh, not have it ruin your life for the next 24 hours. Mm. But, yeah. do, but do you, right? Because, like, I'm sure that you, you probably drink less now, which obviously the health benefits of that are, you know, there's volumes and volumes of evidence that shows just, like, there's really not hardly any benefit and certainly – way worse implications than kind of were ever previously realized in terms of whether it's mental clarity or mental longevity, like all kinds of different stuff. It's that's that's not true, Ben. 
I, I'm funnier when I drink. Girls are funnier <laughs> when I drink. Uh, there's so many benefits. So, <laughs> that, is, that is true. That so is true. many benefits. And, and I'm prettier when other people drink. It's so many benefits. <laughs> so, on that, I have a funny story. The first time I ever got drunk, uh, I didn't know it because I didn't have a sip of alcohol until I was 27 years old. Okay. Not a single sip, except my freshman year of college. My sweet mates were all underage, obviously, but my sweet mates, they basically spiked milkshakes that they had made with like Everclear. Like it was like just pure disgusting alcohol. They mixed it with like a, a, a McDonald's milkshake. And they, I didn't know that they had mixed in alcohol. So like they tried and they're like, oh, this is terrible. So I like come in late to the party kind of, and there's milkshakes laying everywhere. <laughs> And, I, and no one's eating them. And I'm like, you guys going to eat those milkshakes? And they all kind of looked at each other and they're like, no. And I was just like, I love milkshakes. So I proceeded to eat like four of them. And I was like, this tastes weird, but I love ice cream. No, no, no. So I ate every single one of them. And they didn't tell me that I was drunk until five years later because they thought I was going to get so angry. But that night, I remember I was... I was rapping Eminem in the hallways. I was just like <laughs> going to people's door and talking to them. And I had no, I'm like, what the heck got into me? And they kept it a secret for five whole years. Oh. Well, it's, it's funny. You should say that Ben, when uh, I was in Cincinnati over the weekend visiting my daughters and my oldest had, um, had, has just turned 21. And so we were going to do some drinking or they were going to do some drinking. I was going to hang out with them. And we'd gone to dinner and they'd had a couple of drinks at dinner. And when they're over, they're like, hey, let's go for ice cream. There's an alcohol infused ice cream shop right around the corner. And I'd never heard of such a thing. Yeah. I'm like, are you serious? They're like, yep, we're going. And it was cold. Thank God it was close. <laughs> they probably would have put me over the edge. But I'm like, man, who like who thinks of this stuff? So to your point, you My know, I just saying there's your your complex carbohydrate right before bed. You know, be great. Yeah. <laughs> Can you can you nap your way back to to kind of good recovery? After you, that? you can. It helps. The there's kind of like a bleak through line in some of the sleep research that's basically like what the sleep that you don't get, you forego. Like the idea of catching up on sleep doesn't really um work in terms of I mean think of like any given day if you were you know working on a scale at the gym and then you drank that night and then you fell asleep and then you didn't consolidate those skills as well you can't have a do-over on that right you just like you just didn't do it like your brain just didn't do that thing doesn't mean you can't go back practice again sleep and then you're going to get it right um but whatever kind of that the memories the skill acquisition the functionality the emotional regulation that was supposed to happen that's gone and but you can like napping yeah you're gonna and especially if you've lost a lot of deep or REM sleep um when you nap or the next time you sleep your body will like preferentially kind of top itself up on whatever you're most in need of which is kind of cool interesting so I, I refresh, I'm going to ask for a refresher, but I think I have all this in my mind from the last time you were on. We were talking about the like kind of all the, the things you have to have to get good rest, which is get your morning sun, get up in the morning, get your morning sun, 15 minutes or so, maybe longer. I don't remember. Um, no caffeine past like noon to 2 p.m. Probably be about right. Uh, we mentioned earlier, you know proper nutrition, cut off at the right time, uh, winding down, getting rid of blue light, uh, you know, screen, screen time early enough that you can get good rest and, uh, and then letting your head hit the pillow, you know, kind of same time every night of that stuff. Like all of those things are important and they all contribute. But if you had to pick one, cause a lot of us have to prioritize our day. Like we all have crazy days. What's the, of that group, what's the one thing you're like, I'm not missing this every day. I'm absolutely doing this because it is the, it's the thing. It's the jam. Or is there, or is there one you can it's do? It's the that bee's with? knees as older people say, like me. It, it is going to bed at the same time every day. 
So keeping your circadian rhythm on point is the kind of the most important thing because then all the other dominoes, as long as you've like, you know, your brain has sufficient nutrients and you haven't done something like drunk a bunch of alcohol, that kind of thing, keeping your circadian rhythm um, going on a good cadence is really important and will for a lot of I don't talk a lot about sleep pathologies or like where things go really wrong, um, right? Like insomnia and that kind of stuff. That's kind of outside of the the scope of what um, we really want to talk about. But most even things like insomnia, depression related sleep problems, that kind of stuff will improve with an improvement in circadian rhythm. So really just like making sure you're going to bed at the same time every day. And that's actually what the morning light is intended to do is help set your circadian rhythm. Yeah, I'm not good at that, especially right now where the sun's going down at noon. It sucks. Uh, yeah. I don't like daylight saving time. I hate it so much. I just swear to God. It's like, go watch the sunset at two in the afternoon. <laughs> and I struggle to get up in the morning and go outside, particularly in Cleveland when it's cold. Can you, is, is there an artificial light you can use? I know it's like, sounds like cheating, but I, I got to ask. I'm always looking for a shortcut. Oh yeah, you totally can. You just need a little bit more exposure to it. So you know those, you can buy them, they're like happy lights. Look for anything that says that it has 10,000 lux, L-U-X. And that um, exposure to that for like 20, 30 minutes is pretty good. Even some of the ring lights um, that people use for, you Mm -hmm. know, taking selfies and that kind of stuff usually are bright enough that they can give um, some, some stimulus to your internal clock that way. Oh, Santa. Happy Light. Is that the real name or are you just you just pulling my leg? I, no, no, no. That's I mean, there might be one called Happy Light, but that's, you know, you know, the the sad, like the seasonal affective disorder. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. One of the ways to also um, light therapy is also really helpful for that. So speaking of daylight savings time, get yourself a Happy Light. Happy Light. Well, so I'm in Cleveland. It's, it's cloudy now and we will not see the sun again here until April at the early <laughs> It's miserable. Uh, it's true. Do you, you use the happy light in the morning specifically, or is it you just like put it in your window so it, you know it's like oh it's still sunny outside I'm not depressed. <laughs> uh, I use mine specifically in the morning, mm-hmm. but I think there's becoming like an increasing amount of evidence that like more light exposure during the day full stop is a good thing. So you could probably mm-hmm. use it even like in the afternoon and stuff like that. I would. Again, turn it off once the sun starts to go down so your body starts to realize yeah. that that's what's, that's what's coming. I'm going to make a smart house at some point um, when I'm not poor. And it's going to be great because <laughs> I'm going to pre-program it to just all the lights are happy lights. And in the morning as I wake up, boom, it all comes. It's like the sun is in my house. And then as the day goes on, it just like tones down and then it turns red or whatever to help yeah. you sleep. I think that'd be that'd be awesome. I think this is a problem for people this time of year, though. Like, you know, I again, I'm you know basing my life off of the horrible weather here in Cleveland. But, you know, sun comes up later in the mornings. Now it goes down earlier in the evenings. It's cold. So I'm not walking my ass outside at seven in the morning when it's 10 degrees outside and snow on the ground. Like, I'm just like, I'd rather just not sleep. I'm going to be honest. <laughs> 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 it's not fun. I hear that. It is really hard to plan your whole life around your sleep. It's one of the reasons why I made a sleep supplement because there's just like, it's just the facts of reality, right? Like we all have other things to do. Like the only reason we want to sleep is so we can be better at the other things that we want to be awake for. We don't want to have to plan our whole lives around sleeping well. Well, I I can tell you recently though, I have had, you know, we've had a very warm fall and there have been many uh, days where I've like gotten up early to go outside and either do work or go for a walk or whatever. And I feel so much better throughout the entire day, not just when I'm getting ready to go to bed. I also find myself at the end of the day, like yawning, I'm like, why am I so sleepy? <laughs> and it's occurring <laughs> to me that my body is like, has figured out it's getting close to bed, you know, but on days like today, I had an interaction with nature and it's like, ah, we know yeah. what to do now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's really an interesting thing. And like, and on days like today where that didn't happen, I'm not feeling tired already, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and so if there is an artificial source, I'm going to go look for happy lights on Amazon now and, and see if I can figure that out. Um, it's just one more thing. Cause for me, and you know, we've been talking about the open, like I'm trying to figure out how can I maximize recovery, particularly as a master's athlete and every little thing is an advantage and protein has been 
a monster advantage for me and in fixing all my little tweaks and getting my nutrition in check and losing body fat and putting on muscle. And, and I have found that the more sleep I get, the better I perform in the workouts, you know, it's not, it's not magic, but you know, I'm really starting to get a lot of data around it. And so if I can get that one extra thing that'll help me out where I go, man, I know I'm going to sleep good tonight because I'm yawning, you know, <laughs> I'm going to go after it. So I'm going to look for it. What was it? 10,000. What would you call it? Lux? Lux. Yeah. Lux. L-U-X. Like yeah. Luxury. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. People, people listening are like, well, he's an idiot. Everybody knows this, but I don't know this stuff. So. No, no, no. That's why it's a kind of a detailed thing. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Justin, I know you and I have talked about it quite a bit, but it's interesting to me how many people probably hurt their fitness or maybe overall well-being, maybe not CrossFit performance, but overall well-being and health. They hurt it by doing ridiculously early morning workouts when they haven't gotten enough adequate sleep. Uh, cause I was a person that did this for a while. I was going to the 5am class at a local gym down the street. I'd like wake up at four in the morning, read my book journal, do all the entrepreneurship things. My alarm was set at three fifty-five cause I wouldn't be like Jocko willing and you know, whatever. And I did that for a long time for probably like, I probably did it for like eight months. So not, not that long, but enough for me. Like I was in a groove, I was doing it and I got sick. I think three times, like really sick three times in those eight or so months. And I just blamed it on, Oh, Colorado must have some weird allergies. <laughs> and then I just kind of realized I'm like, I think it was about the time that the whoop thing was popping off like four years ago or three and a half years ago. And, uh, I got an aura ring, I got a whoop and I just started realizing like, Oh my God, like, yes, I'm laying down for six hours or maybe seven ish. I wasn't actually falling asleep for anywhere near that amount of time. And I just realized it's sleep. I'm getting four hours of sleep. Like this is, this is terrible. This is why I'm getting sick. So then I just literally like I started working out way less because the busyness of day, like I'm really good at coming up with excuses. We can do a whole podcast on that excuses not to work out, but I prioritize sleep. And I said, I'm going to get sleep no matter what. And then I'm going to add in workouts only after I've gotten really good sleep and I have gotten sick so much, like maybe once since that period of string of sicknesses. So it's just like hugely impactful for me. So everyone listening, if you like, it's okay to do it sometimes, right? Cause it is, there's a certain discipline to getting up really early and like keep staying on track and staying in your groove. But if you're like, I got to get to the gym to increase my performance and you're sacrificing sleep in the meantime, you're probably doing it wrong. Yeah. My hair kind of hurts for people who can only work out for whatever reason at like five or six in the morning, because I think there's very few people for which that hour is a time that they would normally be awake if they didn't have to force themselves to be awake. And when you're waking up early, you're cutting off primarily your REM sleep. Um, this is like, I don't know if we've talked about this before on the podcast, but you're not all the sleep throughout the course of the night is created equal. So usually when you fall asleep, the first few hours, you're getting a lot more of your deep sleep. And then the last few hours, you're getting more of your REM sleep and REM sleep is basically your brain doing its own therapy. It's a time where it can like integrate memories, even memories that are painful in like a safe space where it can actually like decharge some of that. In fact, there's some really cool research with PTSD. People with PTSD get almost no REM sleep. And that's like, and they're having, and instead their nightmares and the dreams they're having are actually happening during breakthrough of other parts of their sleep, which is, um, a whole other thing. But anyways, you're cutting off your REM sleep. So you're really setting yourself up to be cranky all day long. And that's when most of your like memories are consolidated as well. And it's just straight up very important for your brain to do that every night. Um, And there's people, you know, people I think try to overcomplicate it and put names on, um, you know, there's night owls and morning larks or whatever. Really, it's just that most people have a time where they're naturally want to fall asleep and wake up. And the more that you try to force yourself to exist outside of those hours, the rougher you're going to feel, the worse your immune system is going to function. And honestly, it's going to be worse for your overall health and fitness. 
Did you yep. say this topic heart. makes your hair hurt? Is that what you said? Makes your hair hurt? Heart. Heart. Heart, heart hurt. I thought you said hair hurt. I'm like, man, that's rude. Man. Okay. <laughs> uh, hey, so I'm, I went on Amazon and they sell one and it's quite literally called the Happy Light. Oh, really? And it's registered. It's like a registered name. So, so you should have. You should uh, trademark that. You'd be loaded. Have a bunch of these I know. You should. You should get an. Do you, do you have like some affiliate link we don't know about? Because we have to disclose that if you do. No. <laughs> they have a ton of these things. I'm going to get one, and we're going to report back on it. Awesome. Actually, I was going to ask Ben when you were sleeping in the woods for like a month. Were you sleeping amazing? Did you notice a huge difference? Um. Well. The issue with sleeping in the woods for hunting season is in order to hit the two peak times for hunting, you need to be up way before the sun comes up and you tend to get to bed way after the sun goes down uh, because of the nature of the, the schedule of the day. But when I'm out there and I'm not... Uh, Like, for instance, like if I wake up at 430 in the morning to hike to my spot, obviously I'm getting up way earlier than I want to. And then normally I'm not leaving the woods and getting back to my camp until well after dark because you need to maximize your shooting light. And then when you get back at like 9 p.m. or whatever, then you're eating this gargantuan meal and then trying to go to bed right after. So, like, there are a lot of things that conflict. But what I will say is you definitely feel the circadian rhythm like you like you start to like, you feel, even if you don't have any caffeine, like amazingly energized uh, as that sun, sun's coming up, there's normally a bit of a natural lull in the afternoon and then energized. And then as the sun sets, you start to get tired again. And you can like feel it and get exposed to it. And then especially on the scouting trips where I'm not actively trying to hunt all day. Oh yeah. Like I, I will sleep like an absolute rock and feel incredible in the mornings, even though I'm sleeping in a a tent at altitude in the cold and like all these other things are going against me. Uh, it, it's amazing how the body gets primed into the sunrise and the sunset. Plus his soul was at peace because he didn't kill anything. So <laughs> he, he felt better inside as well. Yeah. Never let, never sure. let that go, Ben. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I can't, I'm very excited to maybe one day within the next five years, be able to say that I had a fully successful season. You just had a successful hunt. Yes. Yes. You just did. did. That's I exciting. Did. I did. And that shit's hard too. For anyone that thinks like deer hunting is just like this really easy thing because you see deer in your backyard. Like I have deer in my backyard every day. I could go out back and feed those things by hand. Like they're basically tame, you know, yeah. not the same in the woods, no. not even close to the same in the woods. And like, not the same when you're elk hunting. Oh my gosh. Like I said, when, when I was whitetail hunting, I'm just like, man, this, this is a lot easier than, than what I did in September. But anyway, long story short, Justine, yes. Like ex- seeing and being exposed to the sun. Like even when I was sitting in the stand yesterday, yeah, yesterday I sat all day, you know, sun came up, I was in the sand and I didn't move all day long. And then the sun went down and it's, amazing to feel the ebbs and flows of your energy and then like you as soon as you get out of those woods like you're just naturally like exhausted like i am ready to go to bed so it's pretty amazing i can have one final question because somebody asked a question in the comments about how long does it take to see results meal prepping and eating healthy and we'll come back to that on a separate podcast but i'm curious how long does it start take to start seeing real results in sleep and like really focusing on sleep I, honestly, a few days. That's one of the cool things. Like when you do actually really start to focus on it, you should see a shift in your, and you can, I mean, you probably notice at other points in your life like where you've traveled and you've been jet lagged, right? It takes what, a few days for you to shift your circadian rhythm and start to sleep on a different timing. Your body can get used to new sleep habits and will start to get more efficient at those sleep habits pretty quickly. It's actually one of the few areas of your health where if you actually focus on it, you should see some returns pretty quickly. And Love what it. about returns though? And like, uh, actual recovery, you know, like that thing that for me, that's the thing that why sleep is so important helps me build muscle and, and all my little tweaks go away faster than the, you know, 90 to 180 days they were taken before. Right. Is there a, a time frame you can put to that? Or should that also just start to kick in quicker? And what might have taken you 90 days before will take you, you know, 30 to 60. 
That's a really good question. I think that it would depend a lot to you on like your total stress load as well. Like what else you have going on um, outside of just focusing on, you know, like your sleep, your workouts, your nutrition. Cause like, I mean, you also probably have seen this in your own life when you're doing all of that stuff, when you're, when your body just works well, all, like you start to feel like the compounding results of all of it too. Um, I think, it would be tough to say, like, I, I, I think there's going to be a lot of individual variation there. I am. It's, it's a good question. Stump me, well, John. I'm going to have to do some research on that and see. If that's all right. Here's a testimonial. Uh, Catherine came into the comments that she used third Z every single night for four months after an ACL reconstruction. Oh, and I swear it's the reason my recovery went so smoothly. So, you know, oh, that's awesome. a nice testimonial, Catherine, right? Yeah, that's awesome. I'm so happy for you. I love that. And uh, we'll also throw this on the screen real quick. But for anyone that wants it, if you want to buy some Third Z, uh, we have a code SCALES, S-C-A-L-E-Z-Z-Z at thirdz.com. You get 25% off. When you go to buy it, uh, Justine's little face is going to pop up and say, do you have any questions? And every time it pops up, I'm like, no, leave me alone. I know what I'm doing here. You know? <laughs> Just close my face. <laughs> yeah, it's really funny. But you'll see it there. And it's really, it amuses me every time I see it. But <laughs> And anyway, thirdsy.com. So go check it out. It's very cool. Very cool stuff. Well, Justine, thank you for visiting again. Very oh, hold on. Very we have oh, to issue a disclaimer. Do we? Don't mix thirdsy with fizzy water. Yeah. Uh, don't mix it fizzy or vodka. <laughs> one I, I ha- thought I had the best idea because I love my little sparkling waters, you know, the ones that taste like it sat next to a lemon for a few days or something like that. Well, I take my fizzy water and I was like, I'm going to mix in this delicious powder. So I take the third Z, I pour it in the fizzy water and I'm shooting a video literally for Justine. And I'm like, watch, this is my invention. And I do one stir and it explodes. Like it just blew up, overflowed, poured everywhere. So don't do that. But or if you do, if do it in the shade. It is doing a volcano experiment. Yes, it's actually perfect right. for volcano experiments. Yeah. And they're <laughs> going to win the that. science fair. I think that's <laughs> still a science for winning technique. Yeah. It's very tasty. All right. So well, that Justin, we'll get, disclaimer. We will get you on back on before the open. We got 90 days for it. So we'll get you back on so you can uh, school everybody right before they go in and have the huge stress load of three mm. weeks of terrible workouts because that's when all of our stress will go up and we'll definitely need more advice around uh, how to get good rest and recovery at that time. So awesome. thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. Of course, thanks, Ben, sister. great seeing you. You look you look tired. You should get your rhythms in check and go to bed, bro. I am tired. I, I have been waking up very early and going to bed very late. <laughs> and this morning was not excluded. There you go. We'll get some sleep, dude. All right. Well, for everyone listening and joining tonight, we appreciate it. We will be back next week. Chat with you soon. Peace.